Well, welcome. This is Dad, Clay Holderman, and I'm starting DadCast. My goal in this is to speak into your lives in a way that you may actually find relevant, help keep our faith alive, most of all, be real. The thought is once a month, me and other dads from our life group will speak to our kids about questions that you guys are interested in. Thinking the format would be open with a mailbag, Maybe a question one of you has left me on a voicemail or emailed to me at clayholderman at gmail.com. Frame the question. Get the life group dads to talk about it in a coffee shop environment. And see if we can find what the spiritual issue is behind the question. And ultimately wrap it up with what Pastor Dan says and how to apply it to our lives. So I hope you'll join us. Would you come with us? Love you guys. Hey, Dad. Um, the the other day, I was I was having a conversation with Mom, and she said that she loved me very much, and that nothing would ever stop her from loving me. And I was I was thinking about that a lot. Like, there's no way that's actually true, right? Like, I don't know. I know she loves us a lot, and I know it would take a lot to change that. But there's definitely horrible people in this world and if I if I became one of them I I I don't know if I'd want you guys to love me anymore I I don't know um I don't know quite what to think about this anyway um I'll talk to you later bye so the question that Cole raises is real I mean each of you has had friends that have either remove themselves from their families or been estranged from their families based on either drug use or obedience or sexual orientation or faith identity. So I asked the dads in our life groups, is there anything that our kids could do that would cause them no longer to be family? Here, Einstein's Bagels, listen to this. Anything that Colton or Sam or Sophia could do that they would no longer be part of your family? I don't think so. I think you might set boundaries, but I think they'll always be your blood. I think you'll always love your children, and I think there'll always be a place in your heart for them. So I don't think they could ever separate from your family. They'll always be a part. Um, I think there's certain boundaries you might draw if certain things happen. Like uh, until you do X, Y, Z, then you're not going to be a um, continuing, I guess, physical presence for a while. But I think that's... Continuing physical presence. Does that mean you kick him out of the house? <laughs> yeah, I would kick him out of the house. Um, maybe just cut off contact for a while, depending on what happens. I mean, I think there's certain boundaries that are healthy that you have to establish. But they'll always be your child. You'll always love them. I think you'll always take them back. I think, Paul, would you enjoy... Is there anything that uh, Kevin and Ryan could do that would make them no longer howls? I, I've been thinking about this, and... Other than possibly murdering a family member, um, which I think that's a line that, <laughs> that, that would be hard to come, come back from. Um, but uh, really, uh, you know, family is one of those things, you, you might not always like them, but you always love them. And so, you know, no matter what, if I have a place, they have a place. So, so I was thinking a lot about that. I mean, 
There really is nothing you could do to never be a Holderman again. There might be things you would do, get involved in drugs, have a violent break in your psyche, attempt to harm one of your siblings, or we might have to remove you for a time. But, you know, you would always be welcomed back if you sought treatment and got your life in line. So, really, what is it? Is there something you could do to never be a Holderman? Never be my child? Never be on my prayer list? Never be the one that I was actively willing to give my life for? No, there really isn't. Clay, this is Joe. Uh, to answer your question on uh, if there was anything our, my children could do to, to be disowned or uh, have my back turned on, on them for something they've done. And I would say absolutely not. Just as God wouldn't do it to us, uh, I, I would not do that to our children uh, as well. So there's my simple answer. Thanks. So obviously this is all a big setup. The real question we're asking is, is there anything you could do that would cause God to give up on you? I mean, really, can you lose your salvation? Is there anything you can do once you have accepted Christ that would allow you to be, I don't know, lost? So moving from the, uh, moving from the family to the spiritual, you know, I was raised Methodist, and in the Methodist Church, you know, we we believed that you had to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. We believed that most sins were forgivable, but not the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. No one would tell us what that was. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, our, our um, college life and adult life really came in touch with a lot more Baptists, which was once saved, always saved. And Romans 8:38, nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is ours in Christ Jesus. You know, that we were, we were guaranteed with a seal, and that seal was held by God and not by us. So, uh, as spiritual heads of your household, where do you fall? Eternal security or um, always working on that relationship? Wow. I think, I think eternal security. I, only because once saved, always saved, right? I just, I, I think that God knows your heart. I think that if you turn from Him, if you're separated from Him, and you go to the grave separated from Him, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, even though you're always saved, are you still going to go to heaven? You have to account for that sin or that decision that you made to turn away. So, have you turned away or just let it lapse? That's another one that, that happens out there a lot of times. People drift away. They don't necessarily reject God. They just, He just becomes less important. And I, I think there's... There's something to be said about a matter of degrees, um, but I, I I tend towards the um, once saved always saved. But like I tossed out there before, um, uh, were you really saved? I mean, if if you have drifted this far, if you are cursing God, were you ever actually yeah saved? Um, it, it, it's a question. Uh, the answer is yes.
So what does scripture say? You know, I'm reminded of two scriptures in particular, the story of the prodigal son and the story of Peter meeting Christ after he denied him three times. And in both, there's some interesting things to observe. In the prodigal son, the son asked for his inheritance early. He ran off and squandered it on partying and living loud and loose. And he was afraid to go back to his father. So he worked jobs, even longed to eat what the pigs were eating. Finally, he thought, maybe I'll go back to the father. And the second that he turned, the second that he turned, his father was waiting for him and was running towards him and embraced him and welcomed him home and restored his robes and killed the fattened calf. The older brother who was already home wasn't happy about that. That's a whole nother podcast. You know, when Peter denied Christ three times, Christ predicted it. And when he did, Peter said that would never, never happen. And it happened that very night. And when Christ was resurrected and appeared, Peter didn't think he could be restored. But Jesus looked at Peter and said, do you love me? Feed my sheep. So, you know, I don't know that there's much we can do that would make God stop loving us. But I wonder sometimes about that time when the prodigal son was away and partying. The father was watching for him to look back over his shoulder. He wasn't judging him. He wasn't hating him. He wasn't condemning him. But he also wasn't dragging him back or interfering in the choices he was making. Don't always know what to make of that. I know. Let's ask Pastor Dan. There's a, there's certainly different uh, beliefs on it, and you know from believers. I've got a good friend who's Nazarene, and and he would say that you could actually walk away from God. I don't think you can, and I'll just give you why, and let you do with it what you want. Um, partly because I see so many people that tried to walk away from him, David in adultery and murder, which is relatively bad, and uh, and God still brought him back. Noah runs or Jonah runs away from him, and God sends a fish. Moses, I guess he committed murder too, not really sure, but ran away, and he's brought back. Um, Peter denies him. It just seems like when people run away, Jesus or God does everything he can to bring them back and, and pulls out all the stops. Um, doctrinally, I guess my passage would be Ephesians 1. Uh, you were included in Christ when you heard the truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. It's all past tense. Arist in the Greek uh, means one time done, sealed, delivered, history. But then the next verse says the Holy Spirit is a deposit. It's present tense, so it's ongoing. Guaranteeing our salvation to the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. So he gets glory in seeking us out. He gets glory in hanging with us when we're jerks. And uh, my favorite verse for that is a new one that I just found, uh, I think last week or the week before. It's Psalm 73, 21, uh, where the writer says, my heart was bitter, I was tore up inside, I was foolish and arrogant. I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you, but I still belong to you. You hold my right hand, you guide me with your counsel, you lead me to a glorious destiny. So who do I have in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. Um, I think that's part of it. If we're really God's kids, he disciplines us, he comes after us, he brings me back. If he doesn't ever do that, then that's because we're not his kid. But he's big enough and he's strong enough. He can pull us back around if he's, I don't know, got to have a burning bush or a big fish. That's it.
So how do we wrap all of this up? I guess two main points that we wanted our kids to know. First, you are ours. We love you. You know, in some way, we were responsible for your entry into this world. We've raised you. And there's nothing you could do to not be part of us. And even in times that you might be not happy with us or remove yourself from us or maybe there's an issue where we have to remove you from us, we love you and we are praying for you and we always welcome you back. But on a more spiritual plane, we have a world that explains a God that is judgmental and always looking to rule people out and judge people and, I don't know, send people to hell. And that's not the God of our scripture. We have a God that reached across time, that gave his only begotten son, that came down to earth with skin on, that experienced everything we have experienced, has been tempted in every way we've been tempted, that understands where we are and intercedes for us at all times. And if you just look back at any time, no matter what you've done, no matter where you are, no matter if you feel successful or failing or worthy or unworthy, is waiting to give you the robe and kill the fattened calf and celebrate your return. I want you to be secure and to know that nothing can separate you from the love of Christ who is ours in Christ Jesus. Love you guys. Hey, if you want to participate in next month's podcast, you can leave me a voicemail, text me first so I don't answer the phone, and then leave a voicemail. It's 505-362-6819. Leave your reactions to this podcast or leave a question for a future podcast. Or email me at clayholderman at gmail.com. Love all y'all and look forward to talking to you in another month.